podcast the first ever podcast about gambling on nascar that's what you're into you have come to the right place we've got a jam-packed episode it's our last one of the 2020 season can't believe that i'm even saying that but on this episode we will first be breaking down martinsville how did the championship four get set well there's a lot to unpack when it comes to martinsville a lot of people happy a lot of people upset how did we do with our picks We'll break that all down. Then we'll have uh, a quick gambling news uh, right before we get into the the big meat and potatoes of this episode, which is breaking down the championship for how to bet it this weekend. What are the storylines going in? Who do we like and why? And uh, then we're going to get into some prop bets, top tens. You know what we usually do. Wrap it up with some head-to-head picks. And if we have time some daily fantasy rosters but then instead of a phil's fired up i'm just gonna you know round out championship weekend why not throw a quick nod to the trucks and xfinity we'll talk about very quickly uh who we like there as well so like i said tons of stuff to get to on this championship episode of full tank with phil so like we said we're gonna start with martinsville chase elliott is your winner wow i was a bit down on chase i mean i i took Kyle Bush to beat him head to head because of the fact that I said Chase just can't get it done in the round of eight. And boy, did he make me eat my words. But there's a pretty big but that I'll get to in just a little bit there. But in any case, Chase, you're big winner. And that's really what NASCAR is looking for with this setup in the playoffs right now. They're looking for that game seven moment, that comeback moment, a guy way down in the points, snatching a victory, clinching a a championship spot, and that's what Chase did. Very dramatic. That's what they want with this format. Love it or hate it, that's what they're after, and that's what they got. And I found it exciting. I mean, it was really cool to see. I mean, you had two guys, Truex and Chase, battling for that spot, and Chase took it over and ran with it. Now, with that happening, it's obviously going to take a spot away from somebody, and That is where a lot of NASCAR fans are feeling a little dejected because the guy who's been the dude all season long, Kevin Harvick, is going to be left out in the dust. That's right. All of his wins this year, all of his dominance, all for naught because he is not going to be racing for a championship at Phoenix, losing out by a point. But at the same time, I mean, we talk about the drama, we talk about the the fun aspect of it. Those guys, Hamlin, Harvick and Kozlowski all a point off at the very end from each other. I mean, one pass, just absolutely pure chaos. Harvick sending it in after turn four, trying to spin Kyle Busch out to try to grab that spot. Just really fun stuff if you're just a general fan. If you're a Harvick fan, I can see how you're annoyed. But in any case, I mean, it was uh, just pure chaos and, and really fun to see kind of how that all played out. 
So a little bit of controversy there. People hating on the playoff structure, but I think that that subsides as the postseason comes because I just think that's mostly Harvick fans that are voicing that opinion. Now, our picks, I didn't call Chase out to win on the money line, but if you were listening last week, I said that I'm a gambling man. That's why I have the podcast and his championship odds. I cashed in on that. I not cashed in yet, but I did place a bet on Chase last week. Plus 2,500 to win the championship. And that was because he was so far of a long shot, he needed to win the race to even make it. And now I'm in the game. Chase's championship odds right now are plus 240. So that is a huge jump. Obviously, you know, you expect that. Four guys left. But even though we didn't take Chase to win on the money line last week, we did get ourselves to the table for a big payday coming up this weekend if Chase wins the championship. So we had that coming out of last week's episode. We missed on Boyer in our top 10 pick. Very upsetting there because he was in the top 10 all week, or sorry, all race. And, you know, he ended up missing it at the end. I think he finished like 14th or 16th, something like that. And then in our head-to-head section, we said we're only taking three because we wanted to see, you know, no more ties, no more two two weeks. Well, we just missed. I took a shot, you know, in the head-to-head section. We went one and two, and I took a shot on Bubba Wallace, a big-time underdog, taking on Ryan Newman, and he never really was in that matchup. If you followed that throughout the whole race, Bubba really didn't have uh, a race that could contend. He was always like two laps down, one lap down, basically a lap off of Newman and just couldn't get up there to race him. So uh, didn't really have a shot on that one, but hey, he took a gamble and it uh, didn't really pay off. But in any case, we're going to move forward and, you know, put Martinsville in the rearview mirror because we still, you know, made out okay. We're still kind of taking our money from just two weeks back because we cashed in so well that we're going to spend all of it this weekend because it's the championship weekend and that's what we do. But before we jump into that 100%, we do have some relatively big news from the gambling front when it comes to NASCAR. We've always talked about how there are improvements that can be made in the gambling world when it comes to betting on the sport and, you know, things that we would love to see, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I think some sneaky news came out last week when it was reported by Bob Pockris that WinBet agreed to a contract with NASCAR. So basically Steve Wynn is a big time player in Las Vegas, you know, big time sports books, casinos, the whole nine yards. They are now an authorized gaming operator in conjunction with NASCAR, digital gambling and everything that comes with it. So what if you read between the lines, if you're somebody like me who's been clamoring for something like this, this opens the door for NASCAR to essentially create their own sports book, possibly, or their own offering. I've had a, an episode last season that I titled Phil Saves NASCAR, where I break down a lot of statistics and basically a, a TED talk about how NASCAR needs to get in the game to basically save the sport. And this is a step forward in that direction. So very interested to see what unfolds with this over the off season, because I'd have to imagine that those two companies combining together for this contract, for this agreement, it's a multi-year agreement, 
I'd have to imagine that they're going to get something cooking before the Daytona 500. So we'll probably have some off-season news around this. I am very much excited to see what comes out of this. So I'll be trying to reach out to these people uh, if I can. I know I, I'm not a, a media person and probably won't get very far, but I'm interested. I mean, who wouldn't be if you're you know this much into gambling as I'd assume you listening are? So we will have our ear to the ground on this win bet agreement with NASCAR. Uh, big news, I think. A lot to come in this area. So looking forward to that. But I think what we're all looking forward to at this point is the championship four. So if you're living under a rock, the four drivers that are going to be racing for a championship at Phoenix are Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, and Chase Elliott. That's right. Those are the four. Now, Phoenix, this is the first time we're going to Phoenix to settle the championship. It's always been in Miami, Homestead, and thank gosh, actually, that it's not there this year because there's a hurricane coming right now, actually, bearing down on the the Florida coast, and uh, it would probably affect the race this weekend. So good move by NASCAR, moving it out to Phoenix. Instead of a mile and a half, you could call it a cookie-cutter track at Miami, now we're dealing with the, the racetrack at Phoenix, the, the dog leg, mile racetrack, smaller track, a lot more, you know, beating and banging, you could say. So should bring us uh, a bit more entertainment. So let's start by taking one last look at the Sean Boy track stats. The last time in 2020 we'll be doing this. 48 races at Phoenix historically. The winner has started on the pole four times. The last time it happened was Kevin Harvick in 2015. They started in the top five 17 times. It's 35% of the time at Phoenix. Starting in the top 10, it's been 25 times, just over 50%. And starting outside of the top 20, doesn't happen very often. Four times in the history of Phoenix, it has happened. And the last time it happened was Ryan Newman in 2017. He started 22nd. Now, as far as manufacturer patterns, the only thing we could say here is kind of similar to Martinsville, actually, that Chevy has been on a bit of a drought here. They haven't had a win in the last six races. The last time it happened was that Ryan Newman win in 2017. So we did kind of say something similar to Martinsville, and then Chase went out and snapped that streak. So same thing. I don't know. We'll talk a little bit about him in just a little bit. So those are the track stats. The thing is, with this COVID schedule, those stats, it kind of makes it a moot point, right? Because all four of the championship drivers are starting within the top five, uh, let alone the top 10. So, you know, if one of those guys is going to win the race, then, you know, we obviously know where they're starting. But this is, you know, kind of where we're going to break off a little bit different than what we're used to. We're going to talk about guys that we think are going to win, but there's a bigger conversation that needs to be had before you can do that. Because when the odds came out, we look at the breakdown. Harvick is the favorite, and that's different than what you typically expect in the championship race. Harvick is the favorite at plus 400. All right. The reason that's a big deal is because we have never had in this format to settle a championship a driver other than the four guys competing for the title win the final race of the year. So, what we're saying here is that one of those four guys that we just mentioned, Hamlin, Kozlowski, Logano, and Elliott, 
if that pattern were to continue, they would win the race and then therefore win the championship. We haven't had, we've had it in the lower series, the trucks in the Xfinity series. We've seen this where somebody is celebrating, they're doing a burnout because they won the race, but on the front stretch, they're celebrating a championship, a whole nother team celebrating a championship. So we have not seen that in cup. And the question is, will that happen this time around? Because Harvick clearly is very good at Phoenix. We'll talk briefly about him, but plus 400 Vegas is telling us, you know, he's the guy. Is he angry? You know, he's, he's out to prove a point. The next four guys are the championship four. Three of them are going off at plus 450. That's Chase Hamlin and Kozlowski. Logano going off at plus 500 right behind them. So you really have a decision to make. I mean, this really should be a prop bet. We talk about how, you know, win bet really going to get into the game maybe later on. Well, you know, DraftKings, FanDuel, I mean, you guys need to really expand on what we're seeing with these prop bets because this is an absolute layup, you know. Will a championship four driver win the race? Yes or no? And I think it's a pretty good toss-up because you have Harvick, and there's another guy out there that's actually pretty good that we're going to talk about. So that's a really good question is, you know, the are these guys going to win the race, yes or no? Now, if you want to look at a more creative way to make money, you could, doing a little bit of math here, you could take three of these four guys that are in the championship and assume, if, if you think that the answer to that first question is yes, right, a championship driver will win the race. If that answer is yes, then you can kind of do a shotgun spray, right, and choose three of those four guys, say the guys that are all going off at plus 450, Hamlin, Kozlowski, and Elliott, right? They're all going off at plus 450. You could bet $100 on each of those guys. And as long as one of the three wins, Logano doesn't win, Harvick doesn't win, as long as one of those three guys win, you're walking away with 150 bucks. So, you know, a little bit of a risk there, but I think that that's something to consider. Now, whether you bet that much or, you know, a smaller amount, the, the fact still remains. If you bet on those three guys equal amounts and one of those guys hit, you are coming out in the black. There, there's no if and buts about it. So that is a little bit of a strategy to think about, but you do have to be all in on the fact that a championship four driver will win and you don't get burned by the, the fourth guy actually being the one to win the race. And in that scenario, if Logano goes out and wins the race, then the whole thing's foiled and you're down quite a bit of money. So just something to consider. That's what we like to do here, kind of throw out some unique ways of making some cash. But um, I'm definitely going to consider that on Sunday. Now, there's another thing that, you know, is not typical on a week by week basis that we can get this weekend. And that's if you really love a guy, maybe it's your favorite driver, or maybe it's a guy that you feel is the guy, you can bet to win the race on said driver. And you can also double down if you are really that confident and bet on them to win the championship as well. So it's two separate bets, right? So these top four guys, I mean, the, the championship guys are going off at plus 450 to plus 500, and then they're all going off to win the championship right around like two plus 235 to plus 250. So, you know, if you love a guy, you can bet double down, bet two bets on them and really cash in. So something else to consider. As your weekend unfolds, you know, how frisky are you really feeling when the championship race comes around? So let's get into who 
I like for this weekend. All right, I've got three guys that we're going to call out like we normally do, going into a little bit more depth with their background and their stats. And two of them are championship drivers. And then we've got a wild card who I really like to value for, so we're throwing that guy out there as well. But I like to start with Brad Keselowski. Okay, he is someone that he's going off at plus 450, and he's also plus 250 to win the championship. So 450 to win the race, 250 to win the championship. All right, I'm liking him in both cases here. I'm kind of assuming that one of these guys is going to win the race and win the title. So the reason that, you know, I'm kind of into this right now, he, he barely makes it in on Sunday. He got caught up because Chase won. He got caught up in that cluster of the three guys really fighting tooth and nail to make it in. And having to do that, having to work really hard to, to get that done, I think that says a lot about the, the race team, says a lot about Brad. He had an unfortunate situation where he got caught speeding on pit road late, and he had to rally to get back in it. A lot of guys would have folded when that happened to them, but that was a late race mistake. Pretty much lethal for most guys in the field, but Brad Kozlowski was able to rally back and make it into the championship because of it. So decent stats here at Phoenix. He has never won here, but in the last 10 races, no wins, two top fives, four top tens. All right. So not great numbers, but pretty solid. And and really, if you just want to focus on the championship, you only have to do better than the other three guys. His driver rating overall is seventh compared to everyone. So we like that stat. 93.8 is his drive rating. And of the championship four drivers, it's second. All right. Average finish in the last 10 races, 13.0. That's tied for fifth, which is also tied for second out of everyone in the championship four. So really good numbers there. Brad finished 11th in the spring race because we did race here early on. We didn't really touch on that when we were talking about Phoenix, you know, in the track stats, but this is different because at Homestead, when the championship was settled there, there was only that was the only race that year, right? This time, they've seen the racetrack early in the year. It was pre-COVID, so very far away, it feels like. But, you know, he did get a chance to put some laps down. Finished 11th. Was a victim of a bad call. They probably should have stayed out later in the race, but ended up getting burned by that. So they had a better race overall than you would have thought. Led 82 laps, all right? That means that that race car, that organization, they have the ability to be up front there. Logano won that race, by the way. So same race team. I know Logano's also going up against them this weekend, but I digress. He's never won here. So it kind of feels like that could be the storyline, right? You know, a, a guy like Kozlowski, past champion. He's been in this similar type of situation before, can handle the pressure, as we saw last week. Just kind of seems fitting that this would be something he'd be able to handle. Now, he finished second in the 2018 playoff race here. It wasn't the title race, but it was the one right before it. So clearly, you know, the fall races, if you, you do this by the numbers here, he is better in the fall at Phoenix than he is in the spring. So all of those things, you know, you're really trying to scratch and claw and find reasons to, to take these guys the biggest reason for me, however, has to do with Jeremy Bullins, his crew chief, okay? Because when they won the Richmond race earlier in this playoff hunt, Bullins was on the radio after the race. It was probably like the, the Monday or Tuesday after the fact, and they were talking about how 
they knew that they were going to win that race because that vehicle that they had was an absolute rocket ship. And they knew going into that race that it was fast and it was already pegged as the race that they or the race car that they're going to use in the championship race if they were to make it that far. That sent off an absolute mental note in my mind to keep an eye on the two car because if they get to Phoenix, they've got a vehicle that is very fast and could get the job done. So I think now they're kind of keeping that more under wraps. Not sure how many people remember that interview, but I certainly do because I was pissed that I didn't know about it going into Richmond. I would have put money on the two if you know I had heard that they love this car so much. So it's clearly one that they feel very confident in. So because they're confident in it, and Brad, you know, has decent numbers here, really working hard recently. I like plus 450 to win the race and 250 for the championship. The two car, Brad Kozlowski, past champion and possible current champion. Now, let's talk about Chase Elliott, okay? He's also going off at plus 450, also going off at plus 250 to win the championship. But as I said before, I was able to pick him up at plus 2,500 to win the championship. So he made it through the first leg of you know that process. And now I need him to just finish off the job to cash in on a really big ticket there. So of course, I'm going to call him out. Now I'm kind of finding reasons why he can get it done. I feel like there are a lot of people out there just listening to the radio and looking on Twitter and, and Reddit. There's a lot of people that feel like the nine car has the ability to do it. Whereas a few weeks ago, I don't think I would have felt this way, but you would need to have a back-to-back winner to win the championship, which is kind of a miracle status. Like that is as entertaining and as dramatic as it would possibly get, right? Just minus 46 points from the cut line just a week ago. Then all of a sudden he's in the, the holding the trophy for the championship, but it is possible because he's done the hard part. He won the first race. Now he just got to beat three other guys. Nine career starts at Phoenix. No wins, two top fives, five top tens. You you absolutely, I mean, even if somebody else wins the race instead of one of these four guys, you absolutely have to be within the top five to win the title. Like, that has to be on their minds. Um, in 2020, he started on the pole and led 93 laps. He ended up finishing seventh. But still, a lot of good experience being up front at a racetrack like this, shorter track, mile-long track, seventh place finish, pretty solid. Going to need to do better than that if you're going to win a championship. He's on the pole again this time because of the math, winning last week. That's all good stuff because track position is everything. Any little miscue matters in this type of race, in this type of situation that these guys are in. So starting on the pole is only a good thing. Average finish in the last 10 races, or in this case for Chase, it's only nine races, 13.0. He's tied for fifth with Brad Kozlowski. That's second out of everyone in the championship four. The thing that stands out to me about Chase Elliott is driver rating. He's second out of everyone on the circuit, 105.7. That's well and beyond first out of everyone in the championship four. So that's really where you as a gambler have to weigh, you know, what do you consider more valuable, the driver rating stat or average finish stat? And I really like driver rating because it tells a a fuller story, a bigger picture. So he historically has been a bit streaky at Phoenix. 
And in this scenario right now, he's actually kind of trending upwards. He had three races in a row where he was pretty bad. But finishing seventh in the spring, you know, if the trend were to continue, he would have another good finish if, if those trends held true. So uh, all good stuff that we're seeing here out of the nine car. He's got momentum. I mean, you, you look at Harvick, right? He had everything going for him all year long. And then he hit a bad streak. He, was, he, he went cold. Average finish of like 12.6 in the last six races. Like, that's not what you want. It's similar to a, a baseball player hitting a, a, a drought, you know, hitting a, a cold spell, not being able to see the ball well. You need to get hot at the right time. We see it in every single sport. There's always somebody who gets hot at the right time and wins a championship. I'm from Philadelphia. The Eagles in 2017 won the Super Bowl because they got hot at the right time even though it seemed like they were kind of down and out with Nick Foles coming in, he got the job done. They got hot. This is something that can happen for Chase Elliott this year. And then kind of a, another wild stat that I had heard. The last time that the Lakers and the Dodgers won the championships in their respective sports at the same time, an Elliott driving the nine car won the NASCAR championship. I think it was like 1988. So very Weird, very creepy stat there, but would be uh, definitely one to kind of call back if Chase does actually go out and get it done. So cash in. You can get him at plus 450 to win the race, plus 250 to win the title. I would be cashing in at plus 2,500 and anybody else that was listening last week who wanted to take that risk. So we love it. The nine car this week, Chase Elliott. Now, I'm not going to take any of the other guys or dive deep into them. I mean, Logano, I'll, I'll just briefly say a lot of people might be saying, you know, hey, he won the race in 2020. Why isn't he a heavy favorite? Well, I think that's because that was the last time he won a race until the round of eight. And it really didn't seem like he was going to be that guy to be in the championship for. I think a lot of people think he's kind of lucky to be there. So, yeah, I'm avoiding him. I don't think he's going to sweep Phoenix for the year. And if you are going to need to win the race to get it done, I, you know, I'll just avoid the, the 22 car. If, if I'm choosing between Brad and Logano, I'm going to have to go Brad, like I said, for all the reasons a second ago. Now, Hamlin, you know, he was a, a great looking championship pick earlier in the season. In summertime, I was all over him. I think I called him out on an episode a little while back saying, hey, now's the time to take Hamlin for the championship. But he's been fizzling as well. I mean, the playoffs overall for Hamlin just haven't been as good as they've expected. The performance has been there. The finishes have not. So for those reasons, I'm going to have to go with these other two guys uh, if you, you know, really make me choose. So, you know, that's why I'm choosing those guys instead of the 11 or the 22. Now, the last guy I'm going to call out money line is somebody that's not in the championship race, and that's Kyle Busch. He's going off at plus 1,000. Now, this is really a, a conversation between if you're going to choose somebody not in the championship for to win the race, it's either Kyle or Kevin Harvick. The decision for me came down to totally all about the odds. Harvick going off at plus 400 compared to Kyle going off at plus 1,000. I'm going to go with the longer shot because I want to cash a big ticket, baby. That's what it's all about. And his stats are surprisingly better. In the last 10 races... Kyle Busch has two wins, nine top fives. I'm not misspeaking. Nine top fives, ten top tens. Insane, but I'm not done yet. All right? 
in his average finish for his career is 10.5. That's third out of everybody on the circuit. But if you just specifically focus on the last 10 races, it jumps from 10.5 to turn up the volume 2.9. 2.9 is his average finish in 10 races. That's absolutely wild. I can I, I have to go check my stats from all season because I don't know if there's a racetrack that anybody is better at in the last 10 races there as far as average finish is concerned. He has not finished out of the top five since 2017. He finished third in 2020. He has the most laps led here by 120 laps. Most points earned in the last 10 races. So all this talk about Harvick, right, missing the championship four, and wow, he's so good at Phoenix, and this, this schedule was built for him to win the championship. Hello, what about this guy? How is there such a discrepancy in the odds? They're both not in the championship four. Right? So why is there such a discrepancy in the odds? Plus 1,000 compared to plus 400 for Harvick? I'll take this guy all day and night. Top five bet. He's going off at minus 167 to finish in the top five. Mark me down. Like, I'll give up some some odds there to, to make that bet. I mean, it's crazy good value no matter how you slice it with Kyle Busch. So, and, and I'll definitely throw him in to my daily fantasy lineup as well. So Kyle is my pick for someone outside of the, the championship four just because of these odds and these stats are just too good to pass up. So loving Brad Kozlowski for a chance at the title in the race. I already have Chase plus 2,500 and you know, you could get him at plus 450 to win the race plus 250 now to win the title and Kyle Busch plus 1000 to win the race. Those are the money line picks this weekend at Phoenix. Buggity, buggity, buggity. Let's go racing boys. So now we have the final prop bet section of the year, and I'm going to go shotgun approach to this whole thing. I've got just a bunch of different types of bets that I'm going to talk about, all different kinds, and then we'll probably round it out with a daily fantasy roster for you since that's now available. So I typically start with top tens. We're not going to do that this time because there's a very interesting bet that is out there right now as far as a true prop is concerned, and it's the over-under bet. Now, let me explain to you why this is such a fun bet, because the over-under this week is set at 10.5, which is so awesome, right? Because no matter how you split it, if you're just looking at the championship drivers, you've got the 2 and the 9 on the under, and you've got the 11 and the 22 above that. But if you're somebody like me who's breaking this out to where you're saying, okay, there's actually... Six guys that I think could realistically win this race. I don't think there's anybody other than six guys that have a shot at this. I think you add in Harvick and Kyle Busch. So even if you add those two guys in, it's still split right down the middle. You've got Kozlowski, Elliott, and Harvick all if you take the under. And you've got Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and Joey Logano on the over. The interesting thing here, though, is that the under is actually the underdog. Plus 100 for those cars, the two, the nine, the four, and everybody else in there as well. But as far as realistic chances to win the race, I think that is shocking that those guys are the underdog plus 100. So for that reason, I'm all over it. I want the better odds. And I already explained to you why I think the two and the nine have a really good chance of winning the race. 
You add in Kevin Harvick, which he's the, the media darling this week, it seems like, to win the race. So, shit, yeah, plus 100. I'm all over that. That is a value pick and a really fun pick, too, for anyone who's into these prop bets. The over-under, 10.5 this weekend. Now, another prop bet is the team bet. And right now, Penske going off at plus 175. They are the favorite, and it makes total sense because they've got two guys out of the four that are in the championship four. So if you're going on the assumption that one of those four guys is going to win the title, of course, 50% chance that they would win the race. So do you like that? Yes or no? I happen to kind of trend more towards JGR. So plus 250. This is where I'm kind of wetting my beak with the Denny Hamlin bet, but also another Kyle Busch action here. And you're throwing in Martin Truex as well. I mean, Truex is the number one rated guy on the DraftKings Daily Fantasy roster site. So they're thinking that he's got a real shot to win this race, clearly, or he's a, a valuable asset to have. So I think I like the better odds there, plus 250. The next one up is Hendrick, obviously for Chase plus 325. That's a little bit less intriguing to me because I think it's more of a longer shot. Uh, even though you're getting four guys there, I think only one of them has a realistic chance of winning the race. So uh, give me JGR plus 250 in that prop bet for the team bet. Now I mentioned Chase and Hendrick a second ago, and we're kind of touching on that camp again in this prop bet, which is the top Chevy driver. And this one got my attention because Chase is minus 200 there. Now, if you're loving the championship four aspect of this, great. You know what? I mean, that that makes sense. If you're taking Chase minus 200 in this bet, however, I think that is just an asinine decision on your part. Because even if he goes out and wins the championship, good for you. I mean, you're not getting good value in that bet. So I think what you would want to do in this situation, obviously, you know, you throw some money down on Chase to win the championship, great. But to be the top Chevy driver, I mean, minus 200, you're not getting anything there. So the other guys that are out there, Kurt Busch is plus 750. He's the next guy, all right, plus 750 to be the top Chevy driver. So what that means is if something bad happens to Chase in this race, this is a wide open situation. Another Chevy driver can step up and snag this spot. So Kurt, I mean, he's sixth in driver rating, sixth in average finish. He's got some stats. We're actually going to talk about him in the head-to-head -head section in a second here. He's someone that could, you know, really hit the nail on the head if something, if, if Chase bobbles the ball. Uh, Alex Bowman is another one. He's plus 700. I guess he's actually the, the second best guy. Uh, coming from that Hendrick camp, you know, coming just missing the, the championship four. He's been performing very well throughout these playoffs, especially in the last three races. Even though he missed the playoffs, he's been a factor. I mean, he's always kind of right behind the, the big guns in like fourth or fifth place. So, yeah, I mean, plus 700 for him as well, pretty good value there. So I think for the top Chevy driver, it's worth just throwing kind of a flyer on one of those two guys in case something bad happens to the nine car. Now we'll, you know, get back to our regularly scheduled programming in this area because we always like to talk about top tens. I'm only going to call out one for this season finale, and we're going to go back to an old friend. It's Eric Almarola. He's finally in a good position for us to take him. He's back at plus 105 right now. 
which is what we want to see for somebody like this. I mean, he, he's not minus money. He's a little bit longer odds than some of these big guns. I mean, for top 10, it's just a, a comment on the top 10 bet in general. I mean, you could go and, and throw some money on a short thing, but you're going to be giving up an arm and a leg for somebody like Harvick or Kyle Busch or anybody like that. Any of the championship four drivers, you're not going to get bang for your buck. Almarola is somebody that you can get that bang for your buck. And that plus 105 number is great. That's what gets your attention. But then if you dive into it a little bit, his stats tell you that this is a solid bet. Average finish. Sorry, actually, let's start. His last 10 races, no wins, but two top fives, six top 10. So 60% of the time, he's finished in that top 10. So that's what we want, right? He finished eighth in the spring. His average finish in that last 10, fourth out of everyone on the circuit. Fourth compared to everyone. It's 11.6, so right at that threshold, around that 10 mark. Five of the last six races that he's had at Phoenix, he was in the top 10. So those are solid odds, and considering it's tough to kind of find someone that's giving you good odds at this racetrack, hey, we're all over Eric Almarola in the 10 car, Stuart Haas Racing, plus 105. Let's finish off strong, old friend. He, he won us a lot of money in the middle of the season. I think he's going to do it here at the end as well. And to finish off this prop bet section, we are going to put together a fantasy roster kind of on the fly here. I did it right before I started recording, and Almirola is a perfect segue into this because he is one of the guys that we're taking. His value is just phenomenal, $7,800 for Almirola with those stats that I just ripped off. I mean, I think that's a, an absolute no-brainer to include in your fantasy lineup this weekend. Now, I'm going to start kind of at the bottom. Cole Custer, I'm calling out as a, a guy to take just because if you're looking for a value pick, he had a great finish in his only start in Cup earlier this year. He finished ninth at Phoenix. So when you're down in the in the scraps and this roster situation, he's going at 6900 It's pretty damn cheap, especially for someone who had a top-10 finish earlier at the same racetrack. Then... I'm getting Ty Dillon at $6,000. Very cheap, very good number there. The reason I'm calling out Ty Dillon has nothing to do with his stats at Phoenix. It's really because this might be the last time we see Ty Dillon in a cup car for a really long time. And I think he sees that. And I think that he is going to be gripping the wheel pretty tight, trying to get the best possible finish. Not that these guys don't always try to do that, but there's a lot on the line for him. Just had a baby. I mean, he, his life is kind of, you know, at a, a crossroads right now, and I think he's going to really need a, a good finish. So because of everything that's happening in his world, 6000 isn't looking uh, too bad. I mean, it's really good value. He's the the cheapest value that we're going to get on our roster. So that's Almirola right now, Ty Dillon, Cole Cusser. Now we get into the big guns. I'm going to call out Eric Jones. He's actually pretty good here. I'm going to talk about him in a second when we get to the head-to-head -head section. I'm actually going to take somebody instead of him, but his numbers are pretty good, and he's going off at $8,600 for your fantasy value here. So lock him into our roster. Then we finally get to the top of our order here, and I'm not taking any of the championship four drivers. That was a strategy that I had for my roster overall. I know that we might miss out on the winner of the race, but... I'm going with Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick to finish it out. Kyle is $9,600. That is shocking to me. I mean, Truex was the most expensive guy on the list. He was like well over 11000 So $9,600 for Kyle Busch with those stats we just ripped off. That's an absolute no-brainer. Then Kevin Harvick is $11,100. Very expensive, but 
for good reason. I mean, I think he has uh, an opportunity this weekend to make some waves. So that's the roster that I'm calling out. I, I like it. I like the the play for the guys that are you know cheaper. I like the reasoning behind it. And then obviously we're getting good value at the top. So that is the roster, and that is the prop section for the season finale 500. Vegas, baby, Vegas! So now we'll dip into a lot of people's favorite part of the podcast. It's the head-to-head section. People love the fact that they can just bet on one guy, and all they have to do is just beat one other driver on the racetrack. So this is a a very popular section, and I'm a little disappointed for the season finale, this last race, this championship race. The matchups are a little lackluster. I kind of expected a lot more from what we're getting, so that just tells me that as race day gets closer, I think we're going to get some more matchups up here, but for starters, I mean, we're going to break down three, all right? Just like last week, we're going to do a best of three situation and see if we can sweep for the parlay The if we match them all up. But I want to mention one that I'm not going to dive into detail about because I was looking for the Harvick-Kyle Bush matchup. That is not available on DraftKings or FanDuel at the moment, so I'm a little disappointed by that. So, in that case, I was like, okay, actually, Kevin Harvick's not even available at all. Like, you can't take him against anybody right now, which is very strange to me. That's why I expect some changes to come this weekend. But Kyle Busch is only available in one matchup, and it's against Ryan Blaney. I'm not going to dive into detail about this. Kyle's a big favorite, minus 155. The lean right now is Kyle Busch. The only reason I'm hesitant is just because of that value, minus 155, kind of makes me a little nervous. But Because of everything that I was saying about Kyle when we were talking about him on the money line, those stats are just so ridiculous that it was like, hey, you know, I got to take anybody who's up against Kyle, and it happens to be Blaney. You'd be getting plus 120, I think, if we took him, uh, Ryan Blaney, that is. So, you know, it's a a heavy lean, not getting into the stats, not getting into the details, but uh, minus 155, it's very intriguing for, for somebody like Kyle Busch. So Kyle over Blaney is lean there. Now let's get into some details on the the three matchups that we're looking at this week. And we're going to start by a couple guys who we teased earlier, a couple guys that we touched on. Kurt Busch versus Eric Jones. This is a a solid head-to-head so far this year. I mean, these guys have been in and around each other as they drive on the racetrack. And, you know, those are always the matchups you like to see, right? The Not the ones where... You got guys who are three laps down, taking on guys who are towards the front. Those aren't any fun. You want the guys that you're watching the ticker for, you know, where they're going each and every lap. So starting with Kurt Busch, I mean, his stats, we called him out. They're they're pretty solid. He is sixth in both driver rating compared to everyone and average finish in the last 10 races, which happens to be 13.0. So pretty good there. And he finished sixth here last spring. So, ooh, actually... 666. If you look at those, like the mark of the beast here for Kurt Busch. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, yeah, so six last spring, pretty solid. Now, in his last 10 races here, he's got one top five, six top tens. Pretty solid there as well. Since joining the one car, really solid overall. Seventh place finish, 11th place finish, and sixth in the spring of this year. So, that's kind of what you expect out of somebody like Kurt Busch, right? Right in and around that area, 6 to 11. And the question is, will that get it done in this head-to-head matchup? I 
would tend to think that it might. I mean, recently out of the playoffs, he's racing at that playoff caliber, even though he was like way behind in the playoff hunt. I think he was really happy to be in that round of eight. He's just comfortable. He's just happy and he's comfortable. And that's a, a driver that I like to bet on. Now, looking at Eric Jones, he's got eight starts at Phoenix, one top five, four top tens, 50% of the time, top 10, not bad. Average finish, 15.1. So, you know, kind of comparing to, to Kurt's 13.0, a couple points back. His driver rating is 13th. That's a, a big difference from what we saw with Kurt, 84.1 exactly. So the thing that I'm looking at here with Eric Jones is, you know, this is his last race at JGR. Does he really give a shit at this point? Or is he just going out and cashing a check and, and riding off into the sunset, joining his new team, the, the 43 car? I don't know what their situation is. I know that he had that awkward setup last week at the end of the race at Martinsville with Hamlin, where, you know, he was sort of going to pass him and then he didn't. And there's some collusion situation out there. And I know that Hamlin was pissed at him. You know, is Jones, I mean, that just leads me to believe that Jones might be going out there riding around saying, hey, what the, what do I care? You know what I mean? I'm not going to be getting in anybody's way. I'm not trying to cause trouble. Um, then, you know, Kurt's kind of a veteran in this situation. Uh, that leads me to really think that it's a, a Kurt Bush pick here in this situation. Now, in 2020, Kurt does have the 20 to 15 lead in the season series. Eric Jones, for his credit here, at Phoenix has a 5-3 head-to-head lead in the series against Kurt. Um, so that's that's an interesting feather in the 20 cars cap, but I'm still going to make my pick official. It's going to be Kurt Busch, minus 134. He's the, the favorite for a reason, I think, in this scenario. I think it's less about the stats, even though Kurt has better stats, more about just the, the mentality of what this race is going to look like from each driver's perspective. So um, mark me down for the one car, minus 134. Now, speaking of those odds, we've got two more drivers going off those exact numbers. William Byron, minus 134, taking on Matt DiBenedetto, plus 100. So that was strange to me because Matt, this season in the head-to-head series, has a 21-14 to lead on William Byron in 2020. So the fact that Matt was such an underdog, plus 100, really got my attention. Like, what is the deal there? But the stats at Phoenix kind of tell a different story than the 2020 season. So let's get into him. William Byron only has five starts here, two top tens. His average finish is 14.4. He finished 10th this year, 2020, in the spring. His driver rating is 14th, 79.1. Keep that in mind because I'm going to bring it up again later. So overall, for a young driver, you know, those numbers aren't great but they're not terrible by any means. Now, Matt DiBenedetto, in 10 starts here, his best finish is 13th. It happened two times in a row, and it actually was his last two races here. So there's a positive out of what really is a a negative comment. Uh, His average finish is 22.9, not good, and his driver rate is 27th compared to everyone on the circuit. All right, it's 53.9 on average. That is just horrendous at any racetrack. His best driver rating in a race was 86.5. So that just barely beats out the average driver rating for William Byron. So I think that's a pretty big deal. Now, the the 
back and forth could be, well, you know, Byron's always been in top-notch equipment. Matty D has not. Good point. But, you know, looking at these guys, I, I can't say that Matt has done anything that really stands out to make me want to take a risk like I did last week on Bubba, plus 100. Uh, Byron has a 4-1 head-to-head series lead at Phoenix. That is something that I was not expecting. I mean, because even though Byron's in the 24 car and Matt is in the 21 and the 95 and, and elsewhere, Byron's still really young, like way younger um, in the beginning there. So I, I like this matchup and I like William Byron in it, not because Byron's awesome, but more so because Matt has not put anything out there to make me want to grab him and take him as an underdog. So William Byron's the pick, minus 134. So then we'll move to our last head-to-head pick for the 2020 season. It's a battle of teammates, and it's the same exact set of odds, minus 134 to plus 100. So it's Austin Dillon taking on Tyler Reddick, and Reddick is the underdog at plus 100. Dillon is minus 134. So this teammate battle, this is a good one. In the last seven races, if you look at it like a seven-game series, Austin wins in game seven, four to three. So when you look at those odds, you kind of think, you know, Austin definitely uh, has the advantage here. But, you know, this season, just these last seven races during this playoff hunt, and Austin was in the playoffs during that time, uh, it's uh, pretty close, much tighter than you would think. And last week, Austin got that win, uh, if you think of it in, as a seven-game series. The, it was a 23rd-place finish compared to a 24th-place finish for Reddick, so he just barely snuck out that victory in Game 7. So interesting when you look at it like that. Uh, digging into it a little bit more, Austin Dillon in 10 races here, two top 10s, that's it. Average finish is 20.6. His driver rating is 19th, 68.4 is his average driver rating. His best finish, 8th place, 2018. And since then, 21st, 24th, 36, which was his 2020 finish earlier in this spring. So what I'm getting at there with Austin is, yeah, he's got a lot of experience here, and he does have a couple top 10s, but his average finish is not great. Driver rating, definitely nothing to write home about. And recently, just horrendous. Now, Tyler Reddick, complete opposite end of the spectrum. Only been here one time. It was earlier this year. He did not have a good finish. 33rd place finish. But he did beat Austin at this racetrack in that race because Austin, like we just said, finished 36. So uh, he wrecked, but it was his fourth race of his cup career. I mean, you know, you can't really blame a guy for wrecking at that uh, stage in his career. Now, the thing about it was, even though he crashed, his driver rating is 15th, and that was only one race, uh, but it was 79.1. So that's interesting to me because that's telling you that he was having a pretty good race before he actually did wreck. And if you just use that 79.1, that 15th ranked driver rating, that is much better than Austin's driver rating at 19th on the circuit. So uh, much smaller sample size. I get it. It's one race, but it still tells a little bit different story than that 33rd place finish, which might drive someone away if they look at this, you know, at the surface level. If you dig in a little bit further, you see a, a, a bit of a different skew to it. So I think what I'm getting at here is I think it's worth taking a shot on this underdog. Compared to these other two guys, I think Reddick has a, a better shot of winning this matchup uh, as the underdog. And if you look at the season series between the two, 
it's 17 to 17. So we are going to have a winner in this head-to-head matchup for the season. And I think we're going to cash in at plus 100. I think that winner for the head-to-head season overall. And this matchup at Phoenix is going to be Tyler Reddick. Mark it in, lock it in, let's get it done. So to recap, I'm liking Kurt Busch, minus 134 over Eric Jones, William Byron, minus 134 over Matty D, and Tyler Reddick, the underdog, plus 100 over Austin Dillon. If you put them in a parlay, we hit 3-0, that's a plus 513 parlay. I love that number. I think that's very doable also. So uh, lock it in, keep your eyes peeled also, we'll put out some of the lottery parlays. I'm hoping we get some more head-to-heads this weekend. I'll update my Instagram stories with some updated picks at Full Tank Phil on Instagram. Give us a look, and we will update as they go along. But I'm really liking these three picks. I think we're going to go out strong. So we'll end this podcast, not with a Phil's fired up where I'm ranting, but we're going to be making some more picks. That's right. It's not just Championship Sunday. It's Championship Weekend in the NASCAR world because we've got the Xfinity Championship and the Truck Series Championship coming up Friday and Saturday. So I figured since it's our last episode of the year, we might as well pay them some respects and give them a look on who we like to win the championship in these series as well. So let's start by talking about the Xfinity Series. This race is happening on Saturday at 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. The four guys that we have going off for the championship in Xfinity are Chase Briscoe, Justin Haley, Austin Sindrick, and Justin Allgaier. Those are the guys that we're working with this weekend. So it's tougher because when you're looking at these different series, a lot of times, it's it's a mixed bag. You either have career lifers like Justin Allgaier, where there's a bunch of stats that you have at certain racetracks, or you've got guys who are trying to work their way up, and that's what most of these guys are trying to do. Briscoe and Sindrick are in that scenario where they have secured rides for next year. Briscoe taking over the 14, so and Sindrick taking over the 21 car in a year from now. So we got to take a deeper look. I'm trying to zero in on Phoenix because there is some data that we can pull here um, on top of just their season success. So let's start with Justin Allgaier because he's our career veteran in this series. 20 starts at Phoenix for Justin Allgaier in the Xfinity series. He's got 12 top 10s, two victories. All right. His average finish is 8.8 at Phoenix. Now, when you compare that to the rest of the guys he's going up against, it's actually fourth, but they have a smaller sample size. So something to consider. He finished 13th though in 2020, which is also fourth. All right. Now looking at Justin Haley, three starts, one top five, two top tens. His average finish is 8.0. That's third. And he finished fifth out of everyone earlier this year at Phoenix in 2020. Now that's good enough for first. So kind of a mixed bag there, right? He's in the the middle of the average finish out of a, a few different starts, but this season he's had some success compared to the rest of these guys, the highest finish earlier in the spring. Sindrick, five starts, two top fives, four top ten. So very good when you're looking at just trying to finish in the top ten. His average finish is 7.0. That's second out of everyone. He finished eighth 
earlier this year in 2020. That was third out of these four drivers. And then we get to Chase Briscoe. Three starts here, all three of them in the top 10. No top five finishes for Briscoe, but his average finish is 6.7. That's good enough for first out of everyone in this category. He finished sixth earlier this year. That's second out of everyone that is going in the championship for. So I'm throwing all these numbers out here to you so that you have apples to apples to compare them to each other. Now, for the season, Chase Briscoe has been the dominant guy. It's really been Chase Briscoe and Austin Sindrick. Sindrick had a, a really strong run. Uh, I'd say about a month and a half ago, it seemed like he was really making a push. Sindrick has five victories this year. 25 top 10s, which is most out of all of these guys. But Chase Briscoe has the advantage when it comes to victories. He has nine wins on the year, 21 top 10s. So uh, those are really the two guys kind of at the top of this list. Now, the odds were just released, like I'm talking minutes ago from when I'm recording this. And I think that really kind of skews the way I'm looking at things here. So I like Chase Briscoe to win the championship. He's going off at plus 300, which is tied with Cindric and Allgaier, actually, to, to win the championship. So those odds, if I'm choosing between those three, I'm going with Briscoe. Uh, he's absolutely been the head and shoulders guy, kind of like the, the Kevin Harvick in the Xfinity series, just win after win after win. I talked about this briefly last weekend, but Chase Briscoe is going through a lot of stuff in his personal life, and his wife, losing a child earlier in the year, and uh, a pregnancy rather, and kind of going through that again, actually just recently. So your heart kind of goes out for them. You want some positive things to happen for them. And uh, for that reason, I, I got to go with Chase Briscoe as my pick to be the champion in the Xfinity series. You know that next year, He's moving up, so he doesn't have much to prove. Might as well go out with a title, and uh, I like that at plus 300. Now, the other thing that I would call out is Justin Haley because he's going off at plus 800, which is uh, much different odds than you're getting on the rest of these guys. And Haley, he's no slouch. I mean, three wins this year, 20 top 10s. He's someone that could get it done. I mean, he beat all these guys earlier in 2020. Why couldn't he go out and do that again? So if you're someone who didn't like the, the plus 300 odds on any of these other guys, plus 800 is kind of my next pick. And, and Justin Haley, I mean, he always pokes his head up every now and then that you're like, wow, that guy, he can really drive. So uh, I like those odds, plus 800, if you're looking for more of a longer shot. Also on Sunday, my niece Grace Haley is getting baptized, so uh, maybe there's a little sign there, but uh, I digress. Plus 800, pretty solid odds there if you're looking for a longer shot. So it's Briscoe or Haley for me in the money line this weekend for the Xfinity Series going off on Saturday. Now the trucks. Oh, the trucks. I love the truck series. Said it many times before. On Instagram, that's usually the series that I, you know, pick out lottery parlays for and, and some daily fantasy rosters. I just love them. I mean, Saturday night races, Sunday night races, those guys, I, they just get it done. It's very entertaining. So looking at the championship four for the truck series, we've got Sheldon Creed, Grant Enfinger, Brett Moffat, and Zane Smith. And this is definitely one that is kind of tough to 
dissect when we're looking at Phoenix. All right, because there's definitely a small sample size across the board on this one. And for Zane Smith, he's got zero races at Phoenix. So very tough for us to pin place his situation. Uh, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm just, you know, kind of jumping the gun, but I don't think I'm going to even entertain Zane Smith as the champion. Uh, I don't think I'm going to take him. The odds for the trucks aren't even out yet. They'll usually come out uh, maybe Thursday or Friday. The race is Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. That's right in my wheelhouse. I cannot wait to crack open some beers and, and throw this one on TV. So I'm not going to take Zane Smith. No races, nothing to kind of bounce anything off of. You know, solid season, two wins, six top fives, 12 top tens, but I'm not going to take him to win the championship. Now that leaves us with three other guys. Let's start with Sheldon Creed. I mean, he's really been the go-to guy, I think, the, the fan favorite to win the championship. He has two races here, one top 10 at Phoenix. His average finish is 11.0. So he had a, a 10th place finish and a 12th place finish. All right. Pretty straightforward, you know, nothing to write home about. Then we look at Grant Enfinger, okay? Three races here, two top fives. His average finish is also 11.0. He had a 24th, a 4th, and a 5th. So more recently, some better finishes here for Grant Enfinger, and he was somebody who really stepped up recently. Solid season, four wins. I mean, just a year ago, you know, he dominated the regular season and missed out on this championship race. Now he's back and he's out for some revenge. So there's something to be considered there. Then the last guy is Brett Moffitt. Two races at Phoenix. One of them was a win. His two top tens total. His average finish is 5.5. His win came in 2018, finished 10th last year. And the thing about Brett Moffat is he's doing this in all different vehicles. He was driving the, the 16 car, then the 24 car last year. Now he's in the 23 car. This just tells me that he's versatile. I mean, that's my guy. Brett Moffat has always been my guy. Last year when we did the, the championship episode, I took him to win the race at Homestead. Let me down last year, but I think I'm going to get back on the, the Brett Moffat train and I'm going to take him to win the race. I just think that the experience here at Phoenix is going to come into play. And even though he only has one win this year, 15 top 10s is more than anybody else. And this is, I think, going to come down to, I mean, the trucks, it's not like the, the Cup Series where every single year the winner of the race uh, or the winner of the championship wins the race. I think this could be a, a battle of attrition. And because of that, I like Moffitt in this case. So the odds aren't out yet. Obviously, I'll have to update it when they come out uh, in case anything is completely crazy. But I really like Moffitt here. I think we're going to be able to get him at a good value as well. I would predict that Creed uh, and Enfinger would probably be the, the, the favorites, and we'd be able to get Moffitt at a little bit better value. So Moffitt is my pick for the truck race. This is just great. Overall, if you're a NASCAR fan and, and just love gambling on the sport because you could start off with the trucks Friday night, you know, maybe hit money line, a little parlay action on the head-to-heads, which are a little bit easier to hit than the Cup Series, honestly. Uh, we've hit a couple of the, the shorter, maybe like five-leg parlays uh, before. And then uh, with the Xfinity, you know, you roll that up into Xfinity, you could be sitting with a nice nest egg 
on Sunday to really go nuts with. So, uh, yeah, we could be coming out of championship weekend fat and happy. So take advantage of it for sure. So that's going to do it for our final episode of the 2020 season of Full Tank with Phil. Had an absolute blast this year. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. And uh, let's go out. Let's cash in and go out into the offseason on top with a lot of money. Keep your eyes peeled over the offseason. Maybe we'll put a a couple random episodes together. But uh, in any case, if you're bored, give us a look on Instagram at Full Tank Phil. If you're looking to just chat about NASCAR or anything like that, hit me up. Otherwise, we will see you next season for Daytona. It's going to be coming up before you know it. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we will see you next time. No place to go, darling. Have no place to go. Have no place to go. Goodbye.